Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. You're listening to Truth Talks with Tara. The purpose of this podcast is to help you know, love, and live God's word. My name is Tara and I'm your host slash new best friend. Each week, we'll dive into the depths of scripture together. We'll answer questions that we all have as believers, have hard but good conversations, unpack passages in the Bible, and have deep, encouraging conversations with some amazing guests. My prayer is that God would use this podcast to grow your love and knowledge of His Word so that you can live for Him more. Are you ready, friend? Let's get into it. Today's episode is going to be a little different. We're going to be sitting down and having a heart to heart. Let me tell you, the past couple months have been absolutely crazy, but in the best ways. Like, don't get me wrong on that. It's been so beautiful, but so wild, so surprising and sanctifying, all of the things. We'll get into it more. But if you didn't see over on Instagram at Miss Tara Sen, my Instagram over there, or any other social media platforms, honestly, this is the first time that I'm like making a dedicated episode towards it. Michael and I, my husband and I are pregnant. (laughs) This is crazy to say on the airwaves. I feel like it just makes it even more real. But we are expecting our beautiful little blessing baby. We don't know the gender of it yet. We will soon, but we're expecting our baby on March 4th, 2022. So about six-ish months away. Wow. So I'm going to quickly just share a little bit of how it came to be, how these last couple months have been. And then I really wanted to share with you, like the title of episode says, a little heart to heart and share what God has been teaching me about rest and all those good things through being pregnant. Just because I'm about 17 weeks now, maybe 18-ish by the time you listen to this. So I wanted to share just a little bit of my heart. 
Alrighty, so let's see here. We have been married almost seven months. By the time I'm recording this, we're a few days away from our seven-month wedding anniversary. The most beautiful day in the entire world. Um, still love reminiscing about that day, but currently we have been married for almost seven months, and to be super honest, um, we weren't planning on trying to have kids for at least a year, a couple years even, and so to have this happen was quite the surprise. Um, we weren't planning on it, weren't trying for it, um, but God had something different. And, you know, initially we were honestly pretty shocked. We were never upset. I want you to hear me out. We were never upset. We were never frustrated. But I think the first feelings and the first thoughts were surprise, a little bit of shock, actually a lot of bit of shock and stress because, oh my gosh, we weren't planning for this. Newlyweds, things are usually kind of tight. You're just starting. This is usually not what happens, although there are a lot of people who get pregnant right off the bat, I am realizing. But we just had all those emotions and it took probably about a week or so for us to um, really um, – honestly lean into the Lord. It was it was a time where we really were inward and we were concerned and fearful and frustrated, but the Lord really met us in those moments like he always does. And we sought him for peace because, you know, although it was crazy, we have known and God has shown us, Michael and I, through the past couple of years that God is a provider. You know, even through our wedding experience of planning during COVID and having an ice storm and pandemic, like restrictions on venues and rescheduling and all the things, like even just that, but in our whole relationship and our whole lives, God has always provided. And that is something that is integral to his character. That is something that is a part of his heart. And so... When we're in a relationship with the Lord, we always get that provision side of Him. Again, it may not always look like what we think, but the Lord always provides. He always meets our needs. Again, maybe not the desires of our hearts, but our needs, the things that He knows we need. And so the Lord really came in into our situation, into our hearts, and brought us this peace saying, I'm going to provide for you. This is part of my plan, although it wasn't part of your plan. This reminds me of my friend Girl Defiance book coming out soon called Not Part of the plan trusting God with the twists and turns of your story. Sorry, a little shameless plug there. I'm just excited about that because that is so where we find ourselves being, but um, just releasing control, surrendering and trusting to the Lord. That's what the past couple months have been like, but you know, honestly, um, it just took a few a few days, maybe a week, and from there, we've been so excited. Um, Michael and I have always wanted a family. That's something that we've talked about since we started dating, and so that's not something that we didn't want. It's something that we did want. Want. And to have it come just a little bit sooner is still okay. And so currently, like I said, I'm 17 weeks and just been going through all of the changes. Um, the first trimester, man, I don't know if you could tell if you follow me on Instagram that I wasn't quite as active, um, but I was on the couch sick, um, not throwing up a ton, TMI, sorry if you're eating, um, but just nauseous, just laying on the couch, not feeling well, the lowest energy I've ever been. I felt so bad, like I wasn't taking care of the house, I wasn't cleaning, I was not cooking very much for Michael, and I just felt like a failure of a wife, honestly, if I'm being super transparent. But honestly, Michael was so gracious and understanding and there's no one better to care for me because usually a little inside scoop on my personality. I'm very type A. I'm very go, 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 like won't stop working, won't stop going, won't stop moving. Um, and again, part of the thing that we're talking about today in the episode is what God's taught me about rest has to do with that and how 
it really has been an adjustment. And although I don't have the baby yet, but we're going through these physical changes and things are moving along, I am realizing so much how different life is right now and how much it will be. But I'm really thankful for the time that I've had to, like as weeks go by, just to slowly adjust and say, okay, here's where we're at. This is going to be a new way of life. But God is still showing me that, hey, um, we can still do this podcast. We can still move on with life. Um, you're going to have a big adjustment and a big blessing. But he's really just taught me so much about boundaries and rest and um, even just not operating out of self-sufficiency, which is what we're going to talk about. But thankfully, now I'm feeling so much better Um Man, I can't even tell you. I have more of my energy back. That's why I'm able to record and do all these things. This episode was kind of spur of the moment, but able to get back into work and do some really big projects and deadlines that God has down the pipeline as well. I'm able to cook dinner for Michael again. We're able to hang out with more friends. And so it's all been a blessing, Um, honestly. I haven't really been sharing a ton of pictures online because there's not much to show, but I haven't really been showing a ton um, as far as my baby bump. Um, right now, I'm, I'm wearing shorts and I can I can barely see it. Um, honestly, I'm in that weird stage currently where I just feel like I'm chubby, where I just feel like I've gained a few extra pounds, which is true. Um, the only time I really see a baby bump is when I'm wearing like leggings or something. So we'll see what happens. I was hard on myself at first looking around at everyone else and where they were at their pregnancies, but I know that the Lord um, really does a different work in all of our bodies for this, so I'm just releasing it into his hands, but yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. We're in this amazing season of where baby can hear us talk and can see light, and so Michael and I are praying over the baby. We're talking to the baby. It's the sweetest thing to see. Michael's eyes light up talking about this little blessing. We get to find out it's gender soon. I'm kind of team girl. I'm thinking it's a girl just like mother's intuition. I could be very wrong though. So Michael's thinking team boy. My whole family's thinking team girl. I mean, obviously either way, it's going to be a blessing. It's going to be exactly what the Lord wants and has a purpose for us to have. And we're excited either way, honestly. But that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, So yeah, I wanted to give you a little bit of an update on where we've been because I don't really think I've talked about all of this in detail, except for a little bit on my Instagram stories. So I want to transition now into a few of the things that God has been teaching me through this season of pregnancy, through pregnancy, and adjusting to a new normal and circumstances that are out of my control and that are uncomfortable. But I also hope that this isn't just me speaking that. Perhaps it'll encourage you um, through some scriptures we're going to look at because maybe there are circumstances. Maybe you're pregnant. Maybe you're not. This doesn't have to be just for those who are having a baby, but we're all walking through seasons and circumstances and twists and turns of our story where we're frustrated, where we're confused, where we feel weak, where we're exhausted, we're worn out. And so I pray that these reminders, we're looking at, we're going to look at two verses quickly together that just really encourage our hearts and remind us of the truth to get us through these times and to actually make us better and to be sanctified through it. So the first thing that God is teaching me is that his sufficiency is my sufficiency. My sufficiency comes from God and that I am actually not self-sufficient. Is anyone clapping? Is anyone snapping, raising their hands, saying a little amen? I mean, I think if anything, these past couple years have taught us in general just how out of control we are. You know, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 is one of Paul's, the Apostle Paul's most famous verses. And it says, Jesus said to him, God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Okay, so the Apostle Paul is arguably one of the most popular men in the Bible right? 
Paul wrote half over half of the New Testament. But in 2 Corinthians 12, in this passage, Paul reveals what is called this thorn in his side, a few verses before that verse I just read. And this thorn in this side is something that he struggled with. You know, just like you and I, Paul struggled. He wasn't perfect, although he had beautiful writing, although he was one of the top apostles and evangelists of maybe our time, of the lifetime. He cried out to God because he was struggling with something that was plaguing him, that was piercing him, this metaphorical thorn in his side. So a few verses before the verse we just read, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul cried out to God in prayer multiple times, pleading with the Lord to answer him. At first, what he said is he asked God to take the thorn away, to escape the suffering, essentially. But here was God's response, and that was 12, verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Okay, let's think about that for a moment. See, God responded, but not in the way Paul hoped for or expected. You know, we've done this before. I'm speaking for myself here, but maybe you have too. You know, I have many times shut my ears to the Lord when he answered me, but not in the way that I thought and just went into bitterness and said, God, why would you do that? I thought you loved me. Paul could have very well done that too, where he shut his ears. He became bitter and refused to follow the Lord and not, you know, go after the call he's given on his life. He could have questioned if God was truly good for not taking away his thorn because God answered, but not in the way that he thought was good, right? We immediately think in these circumstances that God has to answer in our definition of good, right? If there's something painful in our life, God must be good and that good must be him taking that away from our lives. When Honestly, God's ways are higher. The Psalms tell us all the time. The Bible just in general tells us all the time that God's ways are higher than us, meaning we don't understand the things that he does. But if we know his character and his heart that he's good, we can trust that. And so what did Paul do? After verse 9, Paul submitted. He surrendered. He opened his hands. He trusted. He listened to God. So instead of removing this thorn, God gave his precious son, Paul, the greatest gift of all time, and that's grace. This grace was sufficient to meet his every need. This grace was the gift that Paul didn't want, didn't know he needed, but when he got it, it was better than removing that thorn. One of my favorite commentaries, Enduring Word, you can find it online at EnduringWord.com, says this about that verse, that God strengthened Paul under the weight of his thorn. So think about the thorn on top, the Paul Paul underneath, and how God actually rose beneath all of it, and he rose under his son Paul, and he strengthened him. Even though that thorn was still still there, even if that thorn of maybe it was a physical illness, maybe it was Paul's persecution, whatever that thorn was, God chose to strengthen him through it because he knew that God knew and God knows, this is often how he works, that if he takes those thorns away from our lives, then we'll start to live this easy high life and we'll fall into this notion that we can do it on our own, which is called self-sufficiency. And that's in that verse where God says, my grace is sufficient for you, that his sufficiency is our sufficiency, that truly the Christian life is not about us being sufficient, meaning enough for ourselves to go about our lives, to answer our prayers, to answer our problems, but actually God is. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash truth talks. And if we sit back and think about it, it's really hard in the moment to remember that we're actually not enough on our own. And this isn't, this isn't a bash on you. This isn't a bash on me because we are fearfully and wonderfully made human beings. But if we think about our lives and we think about the sin that still holds on, even though we're made new in Christ, we are not enough. And we serve a God who is enough, who made the earth, who sent his son to die for us, who have risen us to new life and then promised us eternal life. I mean, that's more than enough in itself, right? And so honestly, we need to take this reminder to heart. I need to take this reminder to heart. You know, we may not know why God does not remove trials and pains from our lives, but we still know that he's good. And that's what it comes down to. You know, I'm not saying in my particular circumstance that being pregnant is a trial or a tribulation. Please don't get me wrong on that. Do not misunderstand that. I am so excited. But for me, I've been so, oh man, I've just been so adjusting to this new schedule of not feeling as good, not having as much energy, not being able to do the things that I used to do and accepting the fact that my life is going to change. And I often find myself falling into this idea of self-sufficiency when Actually, the Lord says that his grace is enough. His grace is the answer that we're needing. We don't need more strength. We don't need more time in the day. We don't need more followers or anything in this world. We need more grace. And God offers that. And his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And that honestly, if I'm weak and I am so decrepit and so sick or weak from this new transition, if that allows God to be displayed even more in my life, then hey, I think that's a win. That's what God means there. And so I would just really encourage you that God is still loving, that he has a purpose and he has not stepped off of his throne for one minute. He has not released authority over the world or your life. You know, we know that our weaknesses provide an opportunity for God to display his strength and showing the world who we serve. So don't be afraid. Again, speaking to my heart too, let's not be afraid of these weaknesses. Let's not be afraid of asking God to come in and be our sufficiency when we are empty because that's the way it was actually meant to be. And so here's just a challenge that I have been, you know, really facing myself with and something that I would maybe challenge you into, and that is to let God's constant grace 
grab you in this moment and never let you go. I just encourage you to pray and ask God to help you see weakness as a beautiful gift and an opportunity to let him have his way and sanctify you because that's what he wants to do. He wants to make you more like him. He wants to grow you. The world needs strength. The world needs you know, a megaphone that's screaming, I'm not enough, but my God is. And so let God display it through you. That's the first thing that I have been learning. On to the second thing is, man, the importance of rest. And now I've been wanting to do an episode on rest about Sabbath, rest, the importance of it, what God's word says about it, the biblical study. But today we're just going to dip our foot a little bit into this pool of what rest is and what God's been teaching me. We'll do an episode soon, I promise, Lord willing, about this idea of rest and Sabbath because, man, we could do multiple episodes on it. But I wanted to read a passage that's extremely popular in the Bible and one that we often refer to when we're talking about rest and when we're talking about when we're worn out and when we're weary. And so that is actually Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. So this verse, again, is very popular. When I read it to you, if you don't know it by the passage or by the reference number, you'll know it by the time I read it. But this passage is often used in a different context and in what it's meant. And so we're going to dive into it a little bit more and we're going to explain it. But bottom line, what God has been teaching me about rest is that he has invited me into salvation and that also offers me this gift of rest. And so when I try to run myself ragged, when I let burdens just knock me down. I am not operating out of that new life in Christ because rest is a gift and it's one that's readily available to me 24-7. We just have to remember the truths about it. And so let's read this passage and talk a little bit about it together. So Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, and Jesus is talking to his disciples in this too. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Alrighty, so I'm going to break down some of those key phrases that Jesus said in that verse, and we're going to define them from the real true context of God's word. So the first thing we're going to break down is come to me, that phrase come to me. So Charles Spurgeon, one of my favorite theologians, the prince of preachers he is called, has a quote about this verse, and he says it like this. To Jesus himself we must come by a personal trust, not to doctrine, ordinance, nor ministry are we to come first, but to the personal Savior. And so I love how Jesus introduced this passage to his disciples and to us, because this verse extends to us, yes, it has implications for us too. He says and starts out by simply saying, come to me. You know, like Spurgeon said, it's not saying come to the rules, come to a church building come to this or that. It's come to me by a personal trust. This come to me implies that you are going to the person who says this, who is Jesus, and you personally trust him as you Think about putting your hand in his hand and walking this road of personal trust with him because this process of, you know, taking upon the Lord's yoke and, you know, finding rest, it requires personal trust. So we're going to move on to to the next little snippet or phrase, and that is all you who labor and are heavy laden. So honestly, I feel like that was me (laughs) when I was feeling gross in that first trimester. I just felt burdened heavy laden, like the weight of not only my own body, my changing body, but the weight of my just feeling like this wasn't a part of the plan and the weight of the world even was just on me. 
So in this verse, Jesus is actually talking to the who here, which is all you who labor and are heavy laden. So his call weren't to people who were quote unquote, you know, didn't need help kind of people or were self-sufficient people or thought they were all right on their own. So he was specifically calling, like he said, those who were labored and heavy laden. It was to people who were burdened, who felt the weight of life. Um, this word labor implies the burdens we take upon ourselves, the the hard to bear suffocating weights that are just oppressive. And we'll talk about a little bit more that these burdens aren't just the day-to-day burdens, but the burdens that we had before we found Christ. So just remember that in the back of your head. The next little phrase we're going to talk about is take my yoke and learn from me. So this is an awesome offer. This is the section of the verse where Jesus gives an offer where he says, this is what I'm giving you. So he asks us to come as disciples who are willing to learn, willing to be guided by his yoke and not just to receive something. That's the key there. So I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but what it means to take someone's yoke on. A yoke was something that they used back in Jesus's time and sometimes probably even still today in third world countries to farm. And it is this almost little, I mean, wooden piece that goes and it slings over the back of two animals to yoke them, to bind them together so that those animals will work in tandem to pull something, to plow something, to dig something. And so When Jesus says to take my yoke and learn from me, it means that you're buddying up with the Lord. Not that you are the Lord or equal to him, but you're buddying up with him and he's offering a chance to learn to live this new way of life, to be guided by his yoke and not just to receive something, but it's actually a learning process because we don't know it on our own. So the Lord is inviting us and offering to teach us this amazing gift. And so that's what that means. Next, we're going to talk about Jesus being gentle and lowly in heart when he says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. So honestly, this just attributes and talks about God's, Jesus's character, excuse me, Jesus's character, who is the only one qualified to bear our burdens. He's gentle and lowly, meaning he's a servant. He's had a servant heart. And we've seen that throughout the gospel. We see that he is serving and loving and humble and giving. And so Jesus says that you can take his yoke and learn from him because he says for, for is another word for because, because he is gentle and lowly in heart, because he is humble, because he is loving, because he is understanding and patient. The next one we're going to talk about is find rest for your souls. He says, after, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, he says, and you will find rest for your souls. So this is the most popular verse that is within this passage to a lot of people. You know, but this verse talks about his gift to his followers, his gift to his disciples, who he was originally talking to, was rest for their souls. So this gift, this idea of rest for your souls is think of it as the birthright of those who come to Jesus and become his followers. So when we become Christians, when we ask Jesus into our heart, whether you have or you haven't listening to this episode, this is a gift, an extra little add-on or blessing that God gives his children because they have entered into an intimate relationship with him. This is this rest for our souls is the salvation and, and intimacy that Jesus offered us through following him and eventually on the cross. So Jesus said to his disciples in that moment that he would give them rest now, but that the ultimate gift and fulfillment of rest would be when he died on the cross because salvation brings rest. Salvation brings that peace and that comfort despite whatever's going on. And so, yes, this is a literal rest, meaning that we 
you know, we'll have that peace and that that downtime to recharge with the Lord. But it also means this metaphorical rest of that, despite the craziness in this world, that Jesus will be our rest and our safe haven and our quiet place and our resting place and our our provision. And so although this verse doesn't necessarily talk about the day-to-day weariness that we have, it does tell us this, that every burden we bear in life can be eased and met with rest when we come to relationship with Christ. So this, just honestly think of this gift of rest for your soul, which your soul is your being. So the whole encompassing part of you. So think about this rest as an overflow of your relationship with the Lord. So if you're in Christ, if you accept Christ, you are given this rest. You are given this ultimate peace. So for me, you know, as we break down that verse, I've been reveling in that fact a lot lately because I'm in Christ. I have that same rest offered to me that Jesus offered his disciples. I have that same invitation from Christ to take his yoke, his easy yoke, like verse 30 says, and receive his light burden. The last part of this passage, which is verse 30, says that Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so when Jesus says that he makes the burdens light, he doesn't erase the burdens. See, he didn't say that he will take away the burdens, but he says that he will make them light. This doesn't mean that the trials and tribulations and the hard times of life are easier. I mean, Jesus said his yoke is easy, meaning that it's it's an easy day-to-day relationship. We can come with ease. We can come with peace. And we can come with intimacy to his yoke, to that relationship. But he doesn't say that the burden is easy, but that it makes it light. And that actually makes the burden, since it's light, it makes it easier, right? When you're carrying something lighter, it becomes easier in turn. Why is that? It's because we entered into a relationship with Christ. And that's why burdens are light. You know, friend, I found myself not only just in this time of pregnancy and just feeling like I've been burdened by physical changes, by not being able to do all the things I want to do, just burdened by change. You know, for a while there, I, I felt really burdened. I, I felt joyful, obviously, about this gift, but I just, I felt burdened by, it's, it's kind of this tension between the joy of having a new life and God's plan, but then also realizing, oh, I'm mourning the things that are, are going to change. So that was my burden for a while. And you know, Honestly, the burden felt heavy and I had to realize, I mean, it really took the Lord's convicting for me to realize that maybe that burden felt heavy because I hadn't given it to the Lord. Do you remember at the beginning of this passage how we said that when we come to Christ, that it's a personal trust relationship, that it's a process that we have to learn and we actually have to do some work too. So this was what I was missing in that moment. I wasn't giving my burden to the Lord. God says to come to him and to find rest and to take his yoke and so there's a lot of action steps in there that we have to do but I wasn't doing them and so you know after all we're in Christ and we've been given this gift if you're in Christ listening to this you've been given rest if you're not you have the offer of rest but when we enter into this relationship with God we've been given this guarantee so Honestly, why don't we take advantage of it? Why don't we let the Lord bear it with us? We have access. We just have to take a few action steps like we talked about. And so self-sufficiency, like we talked about earlier in that first passage, in that first little point of what God's been teaching me, will only spiral us into exhaustion and burnout and deprivation when Christ in Matthew 11, just like we talked about, offers us freedom, rest, and fulfillment. Dang. I mean, when we really sit down and remind ourselves of that, why wouldn't we want to be 
a part of that? Why wouldn't we want to come to him and to take on his yoke because it's easy and learn from him? So those are just a few of my rambly thoughts about what God has been teaching me about rest and self-sufficiency and sufficiency mainly through pregnancy, through these last couple months. The Lord is always teaching us something, but I really feel like these two things are apparent in my heart and what God has been doing over the last couple months. So Thank you so much for sitting down and having this conversation with me and having a heart-to-heart. I love the chill, kind of just you and I vibe of this conversation. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for praying for baby. Thank you for praying for Michael and I. I can't tell you how many DMs and comments we've gotten. And your congratulations are a blessing. And hearing that you're praying for us and that, oh my gosh, it's it's amazing. I feel so thankful for this community that God has blessed us all with, that we can rouse around each other in the Lord and pray for each other. Know that I never take you for granted and I never take your time that you give and sacrifice to listen to this podcast lightly. So I love you. I'm so thankful we get to share this amazing new chapter of our lives with you. Um, make sure to follow along at Miss Tara Sun on Instagram, my personal Instagram, to see more behind the scenes. If you want to hear more about the pregnancy, um, just more day-to-day devotionals and captions and graphics and all the fun things, make sure to go follow over there. But I love you, friend. You are deeply loved. I pray this encouraged you. Make sure to take a screenshot of this episode and post it to your Instagram and tell me maybe what you're learning, what God has put in on your heart, what God has been teaching you through your season that you're in. It would encourage me and it also would encourage so many other people that happen to see your social media. So without further ado, let's just end this conversation, but I will talk to you next week. Love you, friend.